Do you want to set your child up for success? Is tutoring out of your budget, or perhaps you're someone like me who just wants to save money on private tutoring? Is this a big school year for your child? You know, maybe they're starting kindergarten or middle school. Maybe there's another milestone coming up. Or maybe your family moved. Oh my gosh, I moved so much when I was growing up. And the kids are starting a new school. Or maybe your child is ahead and just not getting challenged enough in class. Well, IXL Learning is here to help. IXL Learning is a fun online learning program for kids covering math, language, arts, science, and social studies. It's powered by advanced algorithms. IXL gives the right help to each kid, no matter the age or the personality. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. That's right. It is school approved. So make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And how to be fine listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com slash fine. Visit IXL.com slash fine to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Again, that's IXL.com slash fine. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Hey, by the book listeners, Kristen here. Did you know that you can receive a weekly by the book affirmation mini-sode plus the rules of every book that we've lived by? It's easy. All you have to do is become a member of our Patreon community. To learn more, go to patreon.com slash listen to buy the book. Again, that's patreon.com slash listen to buy the book, or just look at the episode description from today's show. The following podcast contains barnyard language and some adult content. So maybe listen on headphones if you're at work or around small children. Now, here's the show. Hey, Kristen. Yeah, Jolenta. I have a question. I want to hear that question. How is it that after 10 seasons of Making By the Book, we've never done a clip show? Ooh, a clip show? Like in those 90s sitcoms when they devote a whole show to reminiscing and playing clips from past episodes, like, you know, Growing Pains? Yes, exactly. I mean, how many years have we been doing this? Don't you think we deserve one of those two? Uh, yeah, we've been doing this for years and years and years, and we have definitely, in my opinion, earned a stroll down memory lane. Well, do you want to take that stroll right now? Oh, what are these on my feet? They are strolling shoes, and I'm ready <laughs> because I'm Kristen Meinzer. And I'm Jolanta Greenberg. And this is By the Book. To all listeners, I am so pumped because today is such a huge day. It is not just a clip show day. It is a day of exciting announcements. Yep. And you know what we have to do when we make announcements? We have to do our announcement song. Our big announcement is... Bum, ba, da, dum, bum, bum. We're launching a new show. Woohoo! Yeah! 
That is right. We're launching a new show. It's called How to Be Fine, and we're going to be playing the trailer at the end of this episode. So be sure to stick around for that. Oh, we are so pumped. The debut episode comes out next week. We wish we could release it now, but, you know, we need to give you some time and some space to absorb this amazing news. When Mm -hmm. I say amazing, I'm not exaggerating. This is a show that Jolenta and I, we've wanted to make this for years, Jolenta. Right. Uh, Tell our listeners about the show. Well, rest assured, dear listeners, it is still about all the things you love from by the book, you know, our opinions on the world of wellness, our friendship, our laughter, but it's going to have a broader spectrum of topics we can touch on because we're going beyond books. Oh, yes, we are. We're going to talk about self-help influencers. We're going to talk about cults. We're going to talk about questionable betterment trends. We're going to talk about scandals in the world of wellness. We're going to talk about it all and so much more. And added bonus, we'll also be answering letters from advice seekers in every episode because, true fact, we receive hundreds of letters from advice seekers every year, and we don't want to leave y'all hanging. We want to put some of this self-help knowledge that we've amassed to good use. Yes. Again, the new show is called How to Be Fine, and every episode will be in this very feed, including the debut episode next week. So... You won't have to track down the new show. You won't have to subscribe to a new feed. You won't have to do any work at all except continue following this feed. And with that news out of the way, we should also mention that we have a second announcement. Cue second announcement music. In order to give all the love and attention we can to our new show, we've decided to bring to a close our time making by the book. That's right. After 10 seasons and living by nearly 100 self-help books, we're ending the show. But rest assured, all of our back catalog of Buy the Book episodes won't be going anywhere. They'll be right here in this same feed alongside episodes of our new show, How to Be Fine. And if the name of the show sounds familiar, that's because we co-wrote a book with the same title. Now, Jolenta, with those huge announcements out of the way, can we please get this clip show underway? Yes, yes, we have 10 seasons to look back on. We gotta get going. It is hard to believe we have been doing this show for so, so long. It, It has been truly a wild ride. Oh my God, it definitely has. We started pre production, Jolenta, on the pilot seven years ago, back in 2016. At the time, Barack Obama was still president. There was no pandemic yet. And TikTok was mostly known for being a Kesha song. And what a good song it was. I wake up in the morning feeling like P. Diddy. Uh, (laughs) Don't we all? Since then, we have lived by every type of self-help book, from French Women Don't Get Fat to Why Men Love Bitches to The Secret. Some books changed our lives, some tortured us, and some (laughs) we've already forgotten about. (laughs) So for this episode, we are going to just revisit some of our favorite moments from the show and reflect on how living by these books has changed our lives or not. First up, let's play a clip from our very first episode of By the Book. My husband, Dean, and I were caught in traffic. We were stuck behind a slow car, and I willed the car to move out of our way. You should just drive. I'm going to do it. I'm going to manifest it. Here. 
See, I'm moving my hand. The slow car is moving into the slow lane. I no, 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 you're laughing at me. I'm totally going to do it. <laughs> I'm totally going to do it. Look, Infinity QR, whatever that car is, you're going to move to the right lane. I'm doing the Tai Chi move. It wants to do it. Oh my God, there it goes. There it goes. Oh. Ah, it's going. <laughs> it's going. You did it. See ya, so sucker. That one gets me every time. That is Kristen moving traffic with her mind while we lived by the secret in our debut episode of By the Book. It was like the first magical thing that happened while we were living by these books. It was the first sort of glimmer of like, whoa, (laughs) self-help work for real? Like it just tickled my heart and like gave me so much hope for like the rest of this project. I will always love that clip. I always think of that clip, Jolenta, as the time when we we had a whole production team that was helping us in the early days Mm, with the mm -hmm. show, listening to every minute. And by the way, in the early stages of the pilot episode, Jolenta and I each had maybe 40 hours of audio we brought to the first meeting because we were recording way too much of our lives. But they heard this clip. Everybody at the table paused and they said, this is what the show is, this moment of real glee of things coming alive, of things in the book actually being applied to real life and working or not working. And I agree with you, Jolenta. It was that moment of like, oh, this show's going to, it's going to be okay. It's going to be fine. (laughs) It's going to be a show. (laughs) Yes, it is. And um, I've never since been able to move traffic with my mind, by the way. It was a (gasps) one-time thing. (laughs) Uh, Your thoughts were only truly aligned that once. Oh, God. (laughs) What was going on in your life when we started this show? Well, as you may recall, Jolenta, Dean and I were not even married in pre-production. Oh, my gosh. It's true. We we got married, I think, like a week or two after we started pre-production on the show. So even though we were together, it was not quite the same thing. Plus, Dean's heart. He has spent his entire marriage with me being recorded for the show. (laughs) That's wild. That blows my mind a little bit. Yeah. And what about you, Jolenta? Can you remember where you were back in the early days? I had just quit a job that was, like, good on paper, like, working as a producer for a show that, like, I was not fitting in with. And so I quit that, and I was finishing up a year of marriage with Brad. So I was sort of lost and looking to find, like, a sense of self and, like, where do I fit in as a partner, as a human in the world that has a job somehow? Like, I was uh, I was sort of floating aimlessly. Yeah, you literally were the character that listeners hear in the first episode of the show. Oh, yeah. Who, like, it's not who, an exaggeration. No, no, no. And and so was I. I mean, some people are like, oh, were you just putting on an act being a hard ass? You don't believe in any possibility for wellness and self-help. And it's not that I didn't believe in any possibility. I just thought most self-help books were complete crap back then. Right. I went into this project embarrassed being seen in public reading The Secret. Like, I'm like, what if somebody sees me reading this book? And I got to tell you, when we started making the show, I didn't even know if we would ever make a season beyond the first one because I was so exhausted. I was crying. I could barely handle it the first few episodes. Do you remember I almost quit the show early on? Yes. Yeah. Like every time. (laughs) (laughs) Every time there'd be a moment where Kristen's like, this is untenable. This can't be done. Yeah. I I mean, I was working 60 hours a week on top of making the show and books in season one. We we chose some really exhausting books. 
like like the life-changing magic of tidying up. I clocked my hours because work wanted to know how much time I was putting into the show. I put in an, an extra 70 hours a week while we were living by the life-changing magic of tidying up. That one was a ton of So work. I was like sleeping like four hours a night. <laughs> yeah, that one was exhausting. Yeah. And likewise, when we were writing our eBooks in season one. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely pulled an all-nighter for that one. Yeah. But other than the first season being exhausting, what other seasons really stand out to you and how you felt during those seasons? Oof, there are so many fun ones. I really loved our historical season where each book was a bestseller for a different decade from what? the Where did we start? The 30s? The 30s, I think. Onward, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I loved just looking at sort of a time capsule of what advice was and what people wanted to hear and what people were dealing with and then being able in our bonus episodes to talk to Professor Trish Travis who helped us contextualize what was happening socially and how the books fit into the social atmosphere of the time. It just felt like a really cool history lesson where we also live by books. Just to set the stage here, can you tell us what was going on historically when this book was released? I've got two words that I want to use to talk about the moment in which How to Win Friends and Influence People appeared. The first one's pretty commonsensical, and that word is depression. Mm. Ah, of course. The 1930s depression, I think most of your listeners are probably aware that it was happening then, but what they may not know is that the suicide rate related to job loss, unemployment, and economic despair crested in 1937, the year that Carnegie's book came out. Wow. How about you? Do you have a favorite season? I loved that season as a history nerd that was like scratching all my itches, checking all my boxes. I was really into that season. But I also have to say that it really helped me get through the early days of COVID that we just happened to be living by a hearth and home season Right. at the same time because we were essentially trapped in our homes. In New York City, they took lockdown seriously and things were really locked down here. And we were able to do things to maintain some sense of hope and some sense of life and some sense of connection just by, you know, turning our homes into sanctuaries by right. talking to each other about our house plants and stuff. Yeah, and so, by being plant parents. <laughs> yes, yes. So that was such a rough time and we're not through it yet, folks. Listeners, please continue to wash your hands and mask, do all the right things. But it was scary then in right. a way that I think we're now accustomed to the fear, but back then it was, you know, body bags were piled up outside of buildings in New York. And, yeah, it was heavy. And, and it helped a lot to be able to be plant parents for a while. And to, yeah, to sort of focus on the environments you can control, which were yes, our hearth and home. Exactly. And Kristen, we can't be reminiscent about by the book without naming a few of our favorite books that we've lived by. We really did live by some very good books over these past yeah. 10 seasons. And I... Gosh, I, I'm sorry, listeners. I, I'm sure you all want us to each choose one favorite, but I, I don't think Jill and I can just choose one it's favorite. It's too hard. It's too hard. But a few that really were meaningful to me um, were The Art of Dying Well, because that book right. is not really even about dying. It's about living well and the legacy you want to leave behind. And 
how we can make things easier for those when we do die eventually. And I thought it was such a compassionate and optimistic book. And um, I highly recommend everybody, you know, give some time to that book, page through it. You know, I know I know the book was scary for lots of people. That season people wrote in and more people wrote in that season and said they weren't going to listen to an episode than any other season. And that was people who wrote in to say, I don't want to listen mm. to a death episode. Um, and our society very much discourages us to look at death closely, and I get it, but I would encourage you to listen to that episode. It really is beautiful. I also really liked the episode. It's not a perfect book, but why good things happen to good people. I Mm. loved going out into the world and practicing kindness and how can I be a better neighbor? How can I connect with people in a way that's more generous? That book genuinely made me happier. And I also really liked Jane Goodall's book. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, because sometimes I do genuinely feel hopeless in this world, especially when it comes to the environment. And she made me feel a little bit less hopeless, which I didn't think was possible because it is such a bummer for me. I've had environmental anxiety since I was like nine years old. So it, it was such a nice thing to be able to read her book and feel like, you know, if Jane Goodall can see hope in the world, so can I. Yeah. Oh, and and one last thing I want to mention, The Art of Making Memories, I really enjoyed, too. Uh, Honorable mention, Art of Making Memories. Yep, because, yeah. She remembered to mention it. Yes, I did. I I really like that that book wasn't just about how to remember things of the past, but most of its focus was on making a memorable life for yourself. Right. Doing things that can really help you connect with the moment and with the people around you. I really loved that. But I'm I'm, I'm not going to name any more. Jolenta, what about you? (laughs) Well, the one I always come back to is What to Say When You Talk Yay! to Yourself Shed by Shad Helmstetter, <laughs> real doctor. He talks about neuropathways, why we talk to ourselves negatively, how we can sort of try to work at changing that. He's just realistic, and the book makes sense. And it's not, you know, promising you the moon. It's just saying, like, try to be a little nicer to yourself. And I always try to remember the advice when I'm like internally calling myself a garbage person. I'm like, wait, 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 not not supposed to do that. Talk nicer to yourself. Whatever. What is going on? I'm listening to some affirmations. I make breakfast. Okay. (laughs) Do you love yourself while you do it? I'm trying to, you know, first, why are you laughing at me? That is the I will love and care for myself episode. Oh, it's done. Facing a rough time, a challenge. Yeah, well, I, I need to redo it because I don't love myself while my husband's making fun of me. Do you have a problem with my affirmations? <laughs> it was just startling to walk in on. Um, so that one always sticks. I really like it. Also, I love Year of Yes by Shonda Rhimes. Ah, yes, that was so good. I'm just that was amazed a really that someone who is such a like, you know successful empire runner can just come off as so relatable talking about not wanting to like go to an event and sit next to Michelle Obama. Like that doesn't (laughs) seem like a relatable situation, but the way she writes about it makes you go like, oh, I've been there too, even though you've never been there. And there's some good advice about, you know, taking some leaps of faith and and doing things the way you want to. Um, so I always come back to that one as well. Love that one. Oh, I loved that too. You're reminding me 
that we had a whole season living by celebrity self-help, Jolenta. I know. How did we not mention that yet? I was going to say, that's another good one. That was such a good season. Everybody read Dream More by Dolly Parton, please. Right, right, Please do it. Yeah. Oh, and Robin Roberts' book that season, I also found very helpful. Oh, that was really good. That was such a sweet book. Yeah. That was really good. Can we talk least favorite books now? Oh, yes, Are there any that stand out as just like horrific, never touch it, get away? God, I I mean, off the top of my head, does the book have the word fuck in the title? Probably yep. not a good book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, is it a book that's, uh, I was born on third base and yet somehow I made a home run and you can too? Yeah. You know what I'm talking about, those right. kinds of books. And, and yep. it's hard to just name one because that is a very large percentage of the books we've lived by. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Jolenta? What, which ones do you think of as the, our worst books? I mean, yeah, the ones with fuck in the title, shit and fuck, you're always guaranteed to just get some sort of, like, version of, like, prosperity gospel of, like, manifest it. Like, put it, put yourself out there. Like, it worked for me because I'm rich and white. Especially the subtle art of not giving a fuck. I've been seeing that making the rounds on TikTok. And, like, it has good sound bites. But the guy was a pickup artist who just, like, shifted his work to self-help and, like— you know, has some shady views about feminism and like, it's just, it's bad advice. And yeah. also men are from Mars, women are from Venus oh, uh, God, by John Gray. Terrible. I hate it. Another one I see like on social media once in a while where people are like pulling sound bites. It's like, no, it like totally otherizes the sexes. It implies there are only two genders. Like it's the most heteronormative, like shitty advice about like men, just pretend you're listening to your woman and like nod and agree and then do whatever you want. And like women, like you can't expect too much of men. Just quit nagging. Like, it was the worst fucking advice. Oh, yeah. Oh, that book was terrible. Oh, Oh my. Okay, we are going to take a quick break. But when we come back, we are going to talk about how making this show impacted our marriages. Plus, we're going to play more clips. Yes. Clips, 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 clips. Go spread the word. When you get a fresh, hot McCrispie from McDonald's and you can feel the heat coming through the bag, don't try to wait till you get home. Always respect hot chicken. The McCrispie, only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Meet the next generation of podcast stars with Sirius XM's Listen Next program, presented by State Farm. As part of their mission to help voices be heard, State Farm teamed up with Sirius XM to uplift diverse and emerging creators. Tune in to Stars and Stars with Isa as host Isa Nakazawa dives into birth charts of her celeb guests. This is just the start of a new wave of podcasting. Visit statefarm.com to find out how we can help prepare for your future. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Hey everyone, we are back. And uh, as you all know who listen to the show, our partners have been a big part of things from day one. And Jolenta, let's talk about you and Brad. Mm -hmm. How do you think By the Book has changed your relationship with Brad? I mean, 
Almost every time I'm like overly nice to Brad, he still asks if it's for a podcast (laughs) and doesn't believe I'm like doing something nice of my own volition, which is kind of sad. Like I've I've trained him throughout the years to think like if I'm being extra like gushy and nice or lovey dovey that like it might be for a podcast. (laughs) So that's definitely been interesting. Um. Has the podcast changed your relationship with Dean? Do you know if it has, if it, if it's always existed with the relationship? Like, what do you think? I don't know if it has because, you know, as I mentioned earlier, we have been, you know, about to be married or married for the entirety of the production of this show. And so I almost feel like we're going to have to have a good solid year of not making by the book Ooh. to be able to really assess how did by the book affect Me and Dean as a couple, Dean as an individual. I can say this about Dean as an individual. I do know that making this show made him feel like a celebrity, Mm. and that (laughs) made him super happy. (laughs) Oh, that's good. Um, But is he going to feel sad when he is not a celebrity, when he's not being recorded several hours a week? Is he? (laughs) (laughs) Or is he going to enjoy the freedom of that? It'll be interesting to see. Maybe he'll have withdrawal. We don't know. Yeah, I think a full year will have to pass to really assess. But, you know. Oh, I will say one other thing. The show has affected him in this way. He has been made fun of off and on for years now for that bathtub clip. Oh, hon. This was a wonderful idea. Do you feel like we're on our honeymoon again? I At do. the hot tub cabin hotels. I do. In our little log cabin hot tub. Except now we have our own hot tub. Almost. <laughs> almost. Does it feel like a shared experience or does it feel like oh, just a much. memory of a shared experience? Oh, no, this is very much a shared experience. Oh, good. I was hoping it would be both. I was hoping it would be a shared experience and make us remember another really good shared experience. And then we would be touching because you like... The love language of touch. Absolutely. You hit it out of the park on this one, baby. Oh, yeah. I love love you. Do you want some more wine? Oh, always. Pretty sure that was from our five love languages episode, Jolenta. You may not recall, though, because I think you bleached your brain after hearing that. I just started blacking out at some point, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Are there books that have challenged your relationship? Oh, my gosh. So many. I mean... Yeah, a lot of them, you think? Yeah. Can we talk about the life-changing magic of tidying up for a hot second right. here? That one impacted our spouses the most, like, hands down. Oh, yeah. It was dozens and dozens and dozens of hours of manual labor. Both of us living in walk-up Brooklyn buildings, schlepping things up and down stairs, up and down stairs, going through all of our prized possessions, all of our memories. And you can't go through just your stuff when you live with someone else. Like, when it comes to clothes, sure, but, like, it's like, if you're going through the kitchen, you're going through both of your guys's shit. You know what I mean? It's not like this is my pan and that's your spoon. Right. And like, I'm only doing my stuff. It's like all this stuff is getting gone through. Yeah. And then at the same time, it's, you know, also our lifestyle is being affected together. So it's not just affecting one of our lives when the soap, the dishcloth and everything's been hidden from view. So as to not clutter a surface. Well, she doesn't want the dish soap out. She doesn't want anything out. I understand what she doesn't want. What you're saying is as soon as 
our two weeks is up, you are putting everything back on the counter. I'm certainly putting the soap on the counter. I'm not leaving it under the sink. That's ridiculous. Do you say thank you, soap? Before you put it back in the cupboard. Oh, maybe that was the problem. You have to say thank you. Do you want me to try it now? Thank you, soap. Oh, thank you, soap. Now I have to wash the cupboards. (laughs) Yeah, I would say that one was the hardest on my relationship, too, just because he had to be so involved, even just physically to help, like, take stuff out to get donated. Yeah. Oh, that was so exhausting. <laughs> but were there any books that helped your relationship? Did any sort of enhance things between you and Dean? Oh, my God. I can't think of any. I Can you? No. I think so. I think the five love languages helped me just understand a bit more where Brad is coming from. And just remember that not everyone receives affection or wants the same affection I do. Or I'm like, I think everyone wants like someone to be handsy. But it's like, oh, right. Brad doesn't. Also, Kristen doesn't, turns out. like. <laughs> and even though it's still like a bit archetypal, the book, like it definitely helped me open my mind and like remember to keep Brad's desires in mind as well. But you don't agree. I think it helped you communicate a little. I, I'm so, I'm sorry. I'm I'm racking my brain. Did that help us? I have yeah. no good memories of that, do I? Other than the bathtub. Play the clip again. <laughs> no, and you like pushed Dean's butt while you were moving because he likes physical touch. Like it was oh, cute. Good memory. Yeah, that's true. I did push his butt up the stairs. Yeah, he likes that. It was that. a cute one. I think it <laughs> helped us a little bit. Okay. It might have. It might have fine. But Jolenta, moving beyond the husbands, as much as we love them, I want to ask yes. you. Is there a particular hack from any of the books we've lived by that have benefited you? Maybe you've used them in your household. Maybe you've yeah. just used them for yourself. Maybe you actually did use them with Brad. But is there something that you still use today that was really helpful from a book? To this day, Brad and I, when we get rid of something, thank it before we like throw it out or take it to be donated. And it helps us like get rid of the guilt of like oh that was a gift from someone usually and like we still do it and that advice comes from the life-changing magic of tidying up which we lived by in season one so that has stuck a long time and we also still fold our socks in sort of a spiral instead of like folding them (laughs) in on themselves so the elastic does it gets to rest and isn't working while they're in the drawer so the two things that stuck were from tidying up even though it was also the one that like shook up my relationship the most but what about you Kristen is anything stuck for you well one thing I've been doing pretty continually um for almost a year now, Jolenta, is from the art of making memories mm-hmm. to go a different route. So I'll even do that. Oh. Like this morning when I was on my daily walk, I just, you know, made sure like, oh, I haven't walked this path before, at least not, you know, in the wintertime. I think the last time I walked this path was the summer and it was lush and full of leaves, but now I can see all the way to the end. So I'm going to walk that way. Or I'm going to try this item on the menu, even though this is a restaurant I've been to 20 times before, and just try to choose a slightly different path. And maybe that will help a memory to stick more. Or in the very least, it'll give me a new experience and new experiences Mm -hmm. are fun. That's such a good one to keep in mind too. And it's so simple and like easy. All right, we are going to take one more quick break. And when we come back, we'll revisit some of our all-time favorite moments from the show. Like that time Kristen yelled up, here's Morgan. Oh, it was so beautiful. Don't go anywhere. (laughs) 
spread the word. When you get a fresh, hot McCrispy from McDonald's and you can feel the heat coming through the bag, don't try to wait till you get home. Always respect hot chicken. The McCrispy, only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than a life policy. It's about the promise and the responsibility that comes with being a new parent. Being there day and night. And building a plan for tomorrow, today. For the ones you'll always look out for, trust Amica Life Insurance. Amica. Empathy is our best policy. everyone we're back and Jolenta you and I each have three moments we picked out from the past 10 seasons that are mm-hmm. among our favorites these are not the only great moments obviously but they are just a few that really when we look back on we either get warm fuzzies or we laugh out loud or we cringe or whatever it is but these evoke strong feelings for us and yes. that's why we chose them who should go first Uh, I want you to go first. Oh, do you? (laughs) All right. So the first one is from our hearth and home season. We were living by Five Ingredients by Jamie Oliver. And I was excited because, as you recall, Jolenta, um, I I, I was wanting to try some new things. Dean does most of the cooking in our house anyway. And I'm like, oh, I can really step up here, do some exciting things. And there was one recipe that involved making soft-boiled eggs. And to really capture how things went with those eggs, I used the magic of audio editing. Let's just play a clip. (laughs) Oh, God. This is what it's like to peel a raw egg, apparently. And these string beans are overcooked. Jamie Oliver, five and a half minutes is not enough to boil this egg. All right. I uh, just boiled this egg for two and a half more minutes. And now let's see. Oh, God, it's still raw. Jamie Oliver, what are you doing that your eggs cook in five and a half minutes and mine are raw? All right, I'm doing something you're not going to approve of, Jamie Oliver. I just put these hard-boiled eggs in the microwave. And let's see if these yolks are cooking now. Oh my God, the yolk is still soft. Are you freaking kidding me? Sounds like the yolk's on you, Kristen. <laughs> Gelenta! I'm sorry. Oh I'm God. sorry. I need I to I can't leave. even be mad at you. That was so good. I, have to, I was just kicked out of my own closet after I made that joke. <laughs> oh, my God, Jolenta. Oh, you're so funny. I forgot, forgot about that, that horrible that. joke. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I still, to this day, think there might have been something wrong with the eggs. Because, like, when does an egg just never cook? Like. I, I, I don't know. I did what he said in the book. I was just living by the book. I believe you. I totally believe you. It's just, <laughs> it's just something that should be so simple. <laughs> but Jolenta, let's get to one of your clips because I know you have a mm-hmm. clip that also takes place in the kitchen that's among exactly. your favorites. Oh, one of my favorites is from a book we both loved, Phyllis Diller's Housekeeping Hints. Uh-uh. And Phyllis Diller says to hide a dirty sink, just let the dishes pile up. 
And I started doing that without telling Brad, my partner, and I just <laughs> sort of waited to see what would happen. What are you doing? Cleaning out the sink. Why? Because it's disgusting. I know. I let it build up all week. Phyllis Diller says the best way to hide a dirty sink is with ditches. <laughs> Wait, so this was intentional? Yeah. Did you notice I was messier? Yes. And look, it got taken care of and I didn't have to lift a finger. It just had to get way messier than either of us would have liked. But you did all the cooking and, and eating this week. I was Yeah, you home. did some. Some of those were your cereal bowls. No, I know it's not fair, but I didn't have to do it. I can't believe this was like your design. <laughs> this was Dumb. Yes, I've been staring. <laughs> there's been like the aftermath. <laughs> Of spaghetti squash? Yes, there's been this aftermath of a spaghetti squash dinner <laughs> that there were no leftovers of. Since then, I'm I've sure. been cleaning up stray bits of spaghetti squash. Yeah. And this was so that I would just go ahead and... Just, just so I didn't it. have to clean. Mm. <laughs> oh, uh, my God, Jolenta. That still makes me laugh out loud. I love it. I love Phyllis Diller. I love how you applied Phyllis Diller's advice to your life. It did work. It just was a, a bit of a fiasco and my husband felt betrayed and used. So, you know. It happens up. sometimes in yeah. the world of self-help. That's just yes. the way it is. <laughs> exactly. Um, but let's move on to another one of your favorite clips, Kristen. Okay. This clip comes from a book you and I both loved living by so much. We we're both big reality TV fans and we mm. were so psyched to live by How to Be Famous. Reality TV stars Spencer Pratt and Heidi Montag wrote this book, and they know how to be famous, so we got to be famous following their advice, or at least we tried to. And one of my big moments in this book was I actually went on to Good Morning Britain and debated Piers Morgan about whether or not Prince Harry and Meghan Markle are violating their own privacy by mm. telling their side of the story to Oprah. And in How to Be Famous— they say to get in fights with yes. other public figures to be more famous. Yes, yes. Thank you. Thank you for further explaining that, Jolenta. And yeah, and so that's what I tried to do with Piers Morgan. Yes, uh, calling uh, Meghan Markle straight out of Compton, which is clearly trying to make an allusion to her being a a gangster and very specifically no, a black no, gangster. No, it wasn't. It wasn't actually. I, yes, I read. It was. I read. Did you read? Did you read? Absolutely was. Did you read and the? Also, did the you read the whole article? Comparing her to a jihadist. Why would she be a jihadist? Because she was working on a charitable cookbook. Did, that is racist. Yeah, but you that see, is, this is unacceptable. The, this is the narrative. And who would not want to escape that abuse, Pierce? Well, I'm sure we're going to. I'm sure we're going to hear all this uh, when we see the Oprah Winfrey. It'll all be skewed as toxic British press. Yes, Kristen, go, Kristen, woo! Uh, it's one of my favorite clips of all time. I I've never been like more overjoyed and proud than than in this moment. Oh, thank you so much, Jolenta. And reminder: four days later, Piers Morgan stepped down from his show. Ha! <laughs> yes. But Jolenta, I want to get to another clip from you. What, what's another of your favorite clip moments? 
Well, this one will always live on in infamy in my mind. It's from when we were living by French women don't get fat. And uh, when we were doing this sort of only eat boiled leeks or like leek water, leek soup, I guess. Uh, <laughs> and just how, how hard that was. Turns out I did not see the part where Marie says you can drizzle a little bit of olive oil over your boiled leeks. Your and sad I, boiled leeks. I flipped the fuck out when I found this out. Oh, my God. It's so much better. Oh, oh my God. What have I been doing? Why am I crying? Babe. <laughs> What? Actually, you're doing so hot. <laughs> what do you mean? You doing okay? No. You're like crying. Because I got olive oil on my tongue. And it tastes so good. Oh, my God, Joletta. You and I were crying so much during this book. Right. I mean, it, it's kind of not funny how fucked up the, like, eating stuff is in this book. But, I mean, all we ha- can do is laugh and be proud that we, like, made it through and can advise people to not try it. Yeah, yeah. You you don't have to diet, listeners. You don't have to have an eating disorder. You don't have to. You really don't have to. And like being French doesn't mean having only hot leak water for a few yeah. days. Like it's, it's not necessary. Yeah. Not Look necessary. at what it does to people. <laughs> or listen, I guess. Yes. Um, Kristen, I want more. I want another clip from you. All right. So I'm going to give you a third and final favorite clip. And this is from when we were living by Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. This was pretty recently. Nice. And my goal was by the end of two weeks to fundraise $5,000. And I was going to match those donations to help fund abortion rights. And I was really struggling to get the money. I kept on using my social media the best I could. And I mostly was getting insults from people like, go fuck yourself. But uh, at the end of the two weeks, something magical happened. You know, the call for action I put up on Instagram about 15 hours ago. Uh-huh. The goal has already been met. $5,000 in donations from all the other folks out there. And I'm very emotional. <laughs> I'm trying not to cry. Yeah, I am crying. True. That's amazing. I'm, you have inspired people to donate. You've doubled their donations. You've. I don't know if I inspired them. I just feel like they already were doing it. And then they made me feel less alone. They made me feel less alone in my outrage. And it's incredible that you have that kind of network of supporters. Oh, that's awesome, hon. I'm so proud of you. That was such an uplifting moment. I'll be honest. I'll be sincere. It was really (laughs) nice. It really was. Just thinking about it, I, I... get emotional all over again. And Mm. I I just got to give hats off to all of the Buy the Book listeners who were among the people who donated because it wouldn't have been possible without all of you out there. And uh, uh, I'm getting so emotional thinking about it. Enough of me. Jolenta, let's talk about something emotional with you. Can we talk about your third and final clip here? Yes, let's do it. My third and final clip is from 
when we were living by The Art of Dying Well by Katie Butler. And the book recommends you think about sort of what you would want around you ambiance-wise, like when you're passing or when you're transitioning, and uh, like what music you want playing, what people you want around, what scents, what sights. And I decided I wanted a passage from this book I've always loved since I was a kid to be read called Twig. Twig thought about all that had happened in her little world today. She thought about tomorrow and all that would happen then, and everything that might happen by magic. Oh, wasn't it lovely? Wasn't this a perfectly lovely end? It was like waiting for the story to begin all over again. And it was a little like something else, too. It was a little like making a wish and having the wish come true. Twig took a bite of the stick of gum and looked up into the sky. She looked and looked, and pretty soon she saw a little tiny star, no bigger than a toothpaste top, come out right above the backyard. She saw it come out and begin to twinkle all by itself. Why, it wasn't even evening yet. There weren't any other stars around. There was nothing around except plain, ordinary sky. But the little star kept twinkling, and somehow the sky didn't seem so plain and ordinary anymore. Why, even a little star... No bigger than a toothpaste stop made quite a difference. A little star twinkling all by itself made a difference in the whole sky. Oh. The end. Oh, that's beautiful. Nora's oh. crying. I did my job. Oh. Nora's crying. Jolenta, I'm getting misty just hearing that. That was so beautiful. And I, I just thought the perfect way to end that episode and to think hopefully about, you know, all of our lives, wh- where we are now, what happens next. I, I just, I love yeah. that moment. It's one of my very favorite moments, not just in that episode, but in our entire show history. I love mm-hmm. it. That's so sweet. I'm so glad that a uh, book I love uh, it touched you and other listeners as well. It makes me so happy. It definitely did. Well, Jolenta, you know what else is going to resonate with me and you and all of our listeners? What? The trailer for our new show, How to Be Fine, which we're going to play right now. Yeah, that's our next clip. Our next clip is the trailer for our new show, How to Be Fine. So enjoy. Yes, play that trailer. I'm culture critic Kristen Meinzer. And I'm comedian Jolenta Greenberg. We are podcast besties, and we cannot get enough of each other. Or the world of wellness. So we are here to tell you all about our new show, How to Be Fine. In each episode of How to Be Fine, we weigh in on what's happening in the world of happiness, health, and betterment, and we offer a bit of solicited advice to our listeners. You can expect us to touch on topics like the latest self-help guru that's imploding, fitness scams and schemes, personality quizzes, and more. Life coaching is an entirely unregulated industry. There are no oversight boards. There are no standard curricula, no education required. It's like literally anyone could do it. I could do it. You could do it. (laughs) Exactly. exactly. You're my life coach. Boom. (laughs) Now, full disclosure, we're not psychologists or psychiatrists, but we are experienced self-help critics. We've lived by the rules of nearly 100 self-help books for Buy the Book. That is right. And throughout the years, thousands of listeners have reached out to seek advice. So we thought instead of taking advice, let's give some. And what a better way to do that than with a podcast. 
dear Kristen Angelenta, I'm turning 35 this year. I don't have a thing figured out. Not a career or stable relationship. The struggle is real. Help. Oh, letter writer, 35? That is not running out of time. Don't compare your insides to other people's outsides. Right. Yes, some of your friends are married. Yes, some of them look like they have their jobs figured out. But that's what it looks like on the outside. You don't know what it feels like on the inside. And then you can go out and search for a guy. She was in a dating spree. I was really into dating. Like, I believe one time she had like four dates in a day. Yes, I did. Like I did. Yeah. <laughs> it was like lunch, after work drinks, dinner, after dinner drinks. That's four <laughs> dates. We won't promise to make you the best version of yourself or teach you how to get rich overnight. But if all goes well, we'll help you feel a little closer to fine. How to Be Fine premieres February 23rd. Follow the show or subscribe on Stitcher, the SiriusXM app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess that's it for the final episode of By the Book. We did it. We did it, Jolenta. Oh my gosh, I, I can't believe it. It's wild. Uh, I guess let's give a huge thank you to our fabulous production teams from over the years. Yes, let's do it beginning with Cameron Drews. Chantel Holder. Corinne Wallace. Brandon Nix. Nora Ritchie, who performed our theme song during our history season, who is currently our executive producer. Our founding executive producer, Mia Lobel. Our engineers, Casey Holford, Marcus Hom, Andy Christens, Jared O'Connell, and Jason Gambrell. And thanks, of course, to Nate Wida, who composed our theme song, and the amazing Rizzos, who perform our theme song. Reminder, you can always follow us on social. On Twitter, we're at ByTheBookPod. On Instagram, we're also at ByTheBookPod. And we're not going anywhere on Facebook either. We're still going to be very active there. That's Facebook.com slash groups slash BTBPod. It's all BTBPod for now. Don't worry. You'll know when it's changing over. We will be back next week with our new show, How to Be Fine. So look out for that in this feed right here. We're so excited for you to join us on our next chapter after by the book. Book chapter. Get it? Oh, I indexed what you just said there, Jolenta. Oh, my. (laughs) On that note, I'm Jolenta Greenberg. And I'm Kristen Meinzer. Thanks so much for listening. Bye, everyone. Our engineers, Casey Holford and Marcus Hom. Oh, no, where's Nora? Where the fuck is Nora? Yeah, wait. Stitcher. Go spread the word. When you get a fresh, hot McCrispie from McDonald's and you can feel the heat coming through the bag, don't try to wait till you get home. Always respect hot chicken. The McCrispie, only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.